0: And so, with the cup held high, the leave Croke Park, All Ireland football champions for 1949. All oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. <laughs> Dimpsey
1: hits Darren Faye, Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hit Infinity. Hello listeners and welcome to the We Are Mead podcast. And as always, it's Mickey Brennan and Davy Rispin here to run through all things Me GA from the last few days. And Davy, I suppose the dust has settled. We've been able to take it in, but it still hurts um the defeat to Dublin last weekend and it's still being talked about and it will be talked about for, for a long time to come.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was like a really bad hangover, Mickey. Do you know, it didn't just go on for a day or two. It, it really went for the, the guts of the week. But uh, thankfully, um, we had something to lift our spirits on Saturday um, yeah. in, in a different code and different uh, different grade. But a fantastic uh, performance and, and victory for the Mead Ladies on Saturday. Restoring a bit of pride and, um, I suppose, happiness to the county, Mick. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be coming to the
1: Mead Ladies in a couple of moments, just to let you know what we'll be going through on this week's ep- uh, episode of the We Are Me podcast, we will be talking about the hurlers, the ladies, we'll be talking about the county convention, we'll be running through the lottos from the different clubs and we will be looking at the managerial merry ground as we usually do. And um, We have a little bit of insta- get to Instagram interactive to get through as well. So um Davey, we'll start off with the hurlers and disappointing finish for the hurlers in the Joe McDonough Cup. Uh, meet 310, Antrim 230 park tolchin on saturday a game where we thought that maybe Antrim wouldn't have much to play for the fact that they were already true to uh, the john mcdonough um knockout stages uh, we thought that you know this is a chance that me might get a couple of points on the board but it didn't turn out that way
0: no uh, and and to be fair you know they were well in the game at halftime mickey i think 113 to nine, just four points between the sides at the break and uh that represented probably a decent first half of uh of hurling from the royals but unfortunately after the break I think they only managed another three scores albeit two one uh two goals and a point, but still only three scores when you look at it um and and despite all of that like ten um even in hurling is quite a decent scoreline, and you should be competitive when you when you get that on the board but when you're shipping something like three thirty I think it was two thirty yeah. or two thirty sorry that's not gonna wash and to be honest with you, that's been the problem really for the campaign. Mead have been putting up decent tallies, but they've been letting in far too many. And I think um, was it Kieran Clark and uh, and Michael. Try and think, Michael Bradley contributed twenty points of that tally from Antrim alone. And um, I think twelve of them from play. So you know that's a huge tally. But in fairness, Mead were without the services of Jack Regan and Adam Gaddon. Who were missing due to suspension and injury, respectively? So they would be a big loss in that forward division for me. But uh, as you said, probably the the wind without the sails in that Westmead game last week, because that was a really tough one to take. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and and not only really that, like me, did nothing to play. I know we were kind of it up that maybe you know we uh, we we'd get a result in this one, but in fairness, you know, Antrim have a final to look forward to, so they have to get their ship in order and uh, we were were playing for for, for nothing essentially so um, look they go out in a whimper and look they'll be back in the Joe McDonough Cup next year so we we, we will get to uh, see what they're made of in the Joe McDonough Cup next year when it's back to full competition and there will be a relegation next year so the pressure will be on them to um, survive and to to really put in the performances next year. But we wish McQueer and the lads the very best of luck. We're going to move on now to the highlight of the last two weekends. And that was the Mead ladies taking on Clare in Port Leisha, O'Moore Park on Saturday in the All-Ireland Intermediate Semi-Final. And uh, Davey, what a result. You know, Clare are, you know, well, well-organised outfit, but they weren't able for this Mead team. Mead, four goals and 13 points. Clare, four points. And you were at this game, Davey.
0: Yeah, I was really saying, Mickey, from start to finish, um, you know, led from pillar to post and never really looked in doubt, to be honest with you. Um, Played brilliantly all over the pitch, won their individual battles, um, raced into that early lead, but what was most impressive was they just got better and better as the contest wore on. Um, Obviously, the two goals in the first half were key to it. Stacey Grimes... Um, and Nevo Sullivan both coming within the space of 90 seconds of each other. So that was obviously huge and sent Mead well on the way. But like defensively as well, Mickey, the performance, I know they only shipped four points, but Monica McGurk made three top class saves in that as well. And I'm not saying it would have been any different or that, but it definitely uh, could have been a little bit better for Clare on the scoreboard had it not been for some of the saves Monica produced.
1: Yeah, absolutely brilliant stuff. And, uh, you know, it sees them true to their third All-Ireland intermediate Final in a row, and they're going to be facing off against a dogged Westmead side who got the better of Ross Common and um, Davey. This, um, this Westmead side, you know, coming down from Division One, coming down from Senior Championship, they're not—they're not going to be any pushover.
0: No, they're not exactly Mickey. You know, only relegated last year and uh, operating now Division One and that as well. So it's—it's it's going to be a really tough assignment. I think Mead have faced them in a couple of challenge matches probably over the last twelve months and come out the right side of it, but you, <laughs> you can't, re- you know yourself, you can't really look it too far into challenge matches, you know, as regards championship games go, and uh, it's a big derby as well, so there's plenty at stake, but you would like to think that this year, Meade probably haven't been the benefit of being favourites this year, you know, in recent years, haven't come up unstuck in the last two finals against Tipperary and Tyrone, uh, Meade probably went into them as underdogs, Mickey, whereas I think it's fair to say that probably will go into this one as slight or marginal favourites, so, you'd like to think that would serve them well. But to be honest with you, if they perform like they did on Saturday in Leash against Clare, they'll take some beating, Mickey, because they were absolutely brilliant.
1: Did Did you get a chance to see Westmead against um, Roscommon today? I got to see it myself now, Roscommon. Again, put it up to, to uh, Westmead. Westmead were very seasoned. They got loads of players behind the ball towards the end of the game and just snuffed out any attack that Roscommon had. They do look like a team that are well-organised and um you know have a bit of bite to them
0: yeah and and look at they've come through a stern test as well mickey we often talk about this you know, yeah. you know in, in terms of semi-finals and finals and that and how you can have an easy semi-final but that doesn't exactly prepare you that well for a for a difficult decider whereas if you come through a real battle like west did it can often prove you uh prove to be better and obviously there's going to be a three-week gap again Mick. you know because Mead had that three-week gap from the semi-final to the last round of the group and uh Look, it didn't seem to do them any harm. Obviously, you'd, you'd probably like a, a little bit of a smaller window, but it is what it is. It's the same for both teams. And I know there is a couple of knocks and niggles in that mead camp. The likes of Vicky Wall, uh, Avy Cleary, and um, Nevo Sullivan went off with a bang to the head. So you'd like to think that the extra week or two might serve them girls well and, and just get them back to 100% fitness.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, we will be go- doing an extensive review and reaction from the Mead Ladies' victory in the All-Ireland semi-final over Clare um, on our Loyal Royals podcasts. It's a uh, full review with interviews from Eamon Murray, Avian uh, Ev- Cleary and Avian Leahy um, after their exploits um, in Omur Park in Leash on Saturday. So best of luck to um, Eamon Murray and his team and they go into the All-Ireland Final on the 20th of December. Um, Sandy will practically be on his way to Ireland at that stage. And let's hope he's on the way to meet with uh, with the ladies playing in that All-Ireland uh, Final. And hopefully they can do the job that day. So um, we want to wish them the very best of luck. Davey, we're going to move on. And um, I suppose uh, it's the time of the year as well where you have um, Santi, obviously is on his way. You've got all Ireland finals on the way, but you've also got convention on its way. And uh, the meet convention is taking place on the 16th of December.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Mick. And it's going to be a very different convention to probably what the delegates are are normally used to, you know, because it's not going to be a a physical uh, convention. However, clubs will still have the opportunity to vote for the, the nominations who are provided in that. So... I believe clubs are going to vote and I think it could be Paddy Doyle is possibly going to go around all the clubs and collect all the different ballot papers as well in in the time leading up to it um I think you have clubs have about a week or two maybe before uh, having to submit their um their votes essentially for the different positions but okay. interestingly enough Mickey there's not too much uh, fluctuation normally we would see most positions being uh, opposed by different by different parties, but there's actually not that much shifting. But there is a couple of positions up for uh, up for debate and up for grabs.
1: Yeah, there's many of the officers will be uh, re-elected unopposed, but there are a few challenges and a few extra nominations. So we'll just run through them anyway. Chairperson will be John uh, Kavanagh of St. Dalton's. He is the outgoing chairperson, but he has been uh, he's running unopposed and he'll be re-elected. Then uh, for vice chairman, there is uh, 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 well, obviously Paddy Kelly. Of Kiltale, he is the outgoing uh, vice chairperson, but he is going to be um, challenged by Nick Fitzgerald. Um, uh, is Nick the ex
0: um, uh, senior hurler manager? He is indeed, yeah. Uh, and Nick has yeah. Nick has got involved in the county board in recent years. He's been involved in the refereeing committee as well. So um, yeah, he's he's going to run for that vice chair, Mick. Yeah, the Kildalki
1: man. And then uh, secretary Marie Delaney from uh, Dunham or Ashburn. She is the outgoing uh, secretary. Oh, sorry, uh, Dunshotland, and she is running uh, unopposed. God, I'm sorry I got that one wrong. I should have known that Marade is from And um, The assistant secretary, Brendan Cummins uh, uh, from Dunsany, Brian Kelly from Setcherson, and Peter O'Halloran from Drum Conrath. Um, they are all running um, for the position. Uh, for the treasurer, it's Jim Mulvaney
0: from uh, Slane. Uh, and he is that's, gonna that's be... actually a typo, Mickey. It's Mullery. Oh, is it Mullery? Yeah, sorry. Yeah,
1: that, that yeah, Jim Mullery is right. Yeah, from, from Slane. I was wondering, I'm looking at it there. It is a typo, John Mulvaney, but he is the outgoing treasurer and he is running unopposed. The assistant treasurer, Francis Flynn, own uh, he's the outgoing um, uh, assistant treasurer and he's going to be opposed by own M- M- McGowan from a uh, Central Council Delegate, the outgoing delegate there is Jason Plunkett and we have two running, for, or we have another uh, uh, person running in opposition, that's Connor Tormey from Dunham or Ashburn. Then for Leinster Council Delegates, we have two outgoing, that's Damien Griffin and Carl Sholga, and they're going to be um, opposed by Andy Fahey and Nick Fitzgerald. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald is in for two positions there at the moment and um, the PRO is Kieran Flynn from Dunsany. He's the outgoing and he's running unopposed, so Kieran will be back in. Irish officer is jo- Joe O'Brien from Screen. He's outgoing and he's running unopposed. And then the coaching officer is uh, Greg Carey from uh, Castleton. He's the outgoing coaching officer and we, the nomination there is Martin Blake from um, St. Bridget's. So, um, Davy, yeah, there's, there isn't much... Happening in convention this year, a few positions that are being running that are being opposed, but
0: you know it's 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 not like regular years, I suppose. No, absolutely, Mick. No, and uh, people people are probably happy enough to to let the the lads that are there nearly continue to do their job in, in most scenarios. And but uh, yeah, probably the year that's in it just with with everything, it's um it's not the most hectic of years as we, as we've probably seen in the past.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we wish them all the very best luck as they embark on uh, trying to win each of those positions in the me County Board. And uh, that, of course, taking place on the 16th of December. David, we're going to move on. Just before we do uh, the lotto roundup from around the county, we'll just do the managerial merry-go-round. merry-go-round. Have you heard any um, rumours or anything lately from any of the clubs?
0: Yeah, there's, there's a few bits and bobs. Uh, I suppose Pascal Keelehan was the big news um, that broke during the week. He is going to join up with Summerhill. Uh, he's formerly uh, of Road, but he's also managed Balna in the past. So he's going to take over from Declan McCabe in Summerhill uh, next year, which is going to be a really interesting appointment. Uh, and he, I suppose at Balna he often had that defensive approach. It'll be interesting to see, does he bring a similar tactic to Summerhill um, for the 2021 season. Um, also, I believe it's pretty finalised that... <laughs> pretty finalised. Yeah, exactly that. Colm Coyle is going to be the Castletown manager. So that's one that we've, we've probably talked about on and off for a number of weeks, and there's been uh, a number of big, high-profile names in the mix yeah. for that one. But uh, I, I do believe that Colm has uh, has got that job with Castellown dropping down to junior for 2021. Um, and also... Uh, some interesting news from Boards Mill um, and my thanks to Keane Royston who is the Secretary of Boards Mill for providing me with this in-depth analysis of their new management team so it's going to be uh, a joint management uh, team of Pat Winders and Eddie Holden uh, Chris Byrne will take over as the hurling manager as well so the first two is obviously football and Chris Byrne is going to take over as the hurling manager of Boards Mill last year they had a joint management team um, for hurling and football but right. Eddie has been a first team coach and selector for Johnstown Bridge Seniors for the past three years, managed their second team to win an All-Ireland... Sorry, to win an under-21 title as manager, Uh, Bal... Balya? Balna? (laughs) B-L-Y-N-A. Never heard of them. Uh, And Pat has also managed to clear under-16s and under-14s footballers and won a junior championship with Robertstown, coached the Raheen Intermediate Footballers to a county final as well. Um, Chris, in terms of the Hurling, involved with development squads in Kildare um uh with with the senior hurlers as well and he's won a league title there their first in 15 years so they've gone all Kildare and, boards, Mel and Mickey. between the three guys that are getting involved between football and hurling it's a it's a Kildare approach and I know Keane has rigorously gone through um a list of about 50 or 60 names and they've interviewed a number of different clients and everything like that so um very impressive uh I suppose joint football and hurling appointments there for Boards Mill. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And uh, you know they've 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 really gone to town on
0: that one. So they have,
1: you know, there's no they, they haven't taken any half measures there. So wishing Boards Mill and the new management teams very best of luck. So it turned out that your ex manager from uh, Courtown didn't go to Boards Mill in the end. No, he, he went to Nauber. We announced
0: that one last week. Oh, that's
1: right. Yeah, 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 that's right. And uh, we announced as well last week that Simonstone Colin O'Rourke was back in with Simonstone, and he has brought back the team that he had around him the last time, uh, Kieran Kelly and Johnny Mills as well. So um, that'll be an interesting one to follow next year with Simonstone. So um, any other uh, news on the managerial front? I think that
0: is it now. And there is obviously still... Uh, there is still clubs looking for for their own managers as well, Mickey. So there is the likes of St. Vincent's, uh, Kilbride. They've all applied uh, for vacant manager roles in the last while as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with those ones, and we'll probably have a little bit more information in the in the next week or two. There is other one other that we did miss out on, obviously, and that's Centralstown, um, and they've appointed Anthony Malone uh, as oh. their new manager for 2021. With Kieran Shanky going in as a coach with him. Now Kieran Shanky uh, took over Ballin Loch last year, Mickey, so I, I'm not, I I haven't heard for sure, but I can only imagine that ballin Loch will be looking to replace Kieran Chanki as manager, too, Baron He somehow manages to do a coach for Sanchetown and do manager for Lock. I, I wouldn't think that's possible. But Anthony, of course, managed to leak Ballestown for the last couple of years. Did a smashing good job with them. You have to remember that they weren't actually beaten in this year's championship yet. Didn't get out of the group, courtesy of Drawn with Ballinock, who went on to win the Intermediate Championship. So um, Anthony's an impressive CV. I know there was a, a couple of high-profile candidates in for that town job. So uh, big news coming out of the town club there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's only a stone's throw away as well, from Dulic Bellustown over to Stone. So that's an interesting one. Moving to a neighbouring club. Um, but we'll keep you updated on it anyway, the managerial merry-go-round. It will be, if, if what we're led to believe is true, Davey, that the football season for club footballers won't start until maybe the end of July or, or something like that, end of July, start of August. Um, you know, you could see an awful lot of managerial changes over the next few months as well.
0: Yeah, you could. Absolutely. And it's going to be fascinating to see what way respective managers approach the new season, you know, Mick, because there's a lot of clubs who who tend to train almost throughout the winter and everything like that. And uh, then there's other managers who don't nearly do a tap until February with the later start. So it'll just be interesting to see who who times it right, because that's what we've seen this year. It was all about timing with the with the championship was ran off in such a short space of time. Um, obviously fitness is paramount, but you also need to have the the hunger and you need to time your run to perfection.
1: Yeah, yeah, you need to time your run to practically the last touch of the game to score a goal and win a senior championship, you know. (laughs) That that was some timing to get that goal. Um, Moving on anyway, Davey, we're going to go to our lotto segment now. And again, we want to remind all our listeners out there to get... Uh, get onto social media of get onto the social media of all the the sport clubs, the football clubs, and be it the ladies' football clubs or be it the uh, commogues or hurlers or footballers or whatever it is. get onto your local GEA and um, social media and support their lottoes. Some of the lotos are absolutely brilliant they're really really high really good um, uh, uh, jackpots to be had, so we're going to run through all the jackpots that have been sent in to us. We, myself and Davy, are supporting as many of the lotos as we possibly can on a monthly basis um, or on a weekly basis, actually. So um, it's something that we think is paramount to all the clubs, that they, as many people as possible can support them. And you never know, we, if you're not in, you can't win. So €2.10 is all it'll cost you to do any of the club lottos. Davy.
0: First up, Mickey, is Gail, Cullum, Cale and Kells, and uh, their lotto takes place on Thursday nights, and their current jackpot is 10,650. So I, I'm always interested to see um, how much each club raised their jackpot a week, and Kells, uh, interestingly enough, do it by 100, uh, 150 every week. So most clubs is 100, some are actually two, others only 50, but Kells' bulk of theirs up by 150 per week, so that's a tasty one there. Um, Kildare is next up and theirs is currently at 7,100 theirs takes place on Tuesday night at 10pm Fallon Lock 2,400 theirs was recently won so they're trying to build it up slowly but surely and theirs takes place on Mondays uh, their next one obviously coming on Monday the 30th which is tomorrow or today depending on when, when people listen to the podcast or yesterday or yesterday <laughs> <laughs> exactly um, Dunsany's uh, 10 grand on the nose and theirs takes place on a Saturday Kilmainham's 3400 and theirs is on Monday the 30th, their next one as well. But Nolte, this is the biggest one in the county to the best of my knowledge, Mickey. 14200 Sunday's Ooh. at 9pm. So if we get off the air, we might be able to tune in and we could be cracking out the champagne later on tonight, Mick, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they raised theirs by 200 a week. So that's the biggest kind of, oh. uh, you know, increase per week. But as you can see, it's clearly paying off because their jackpot is obviously doubling twice as quickly as that of other clubs, and yeah. they're still going strong. That's a huge jackpot there in Minolte. And as I said last week, and I know I had a Olivia Cousin and a few others on to me, love to win the Minolte jackpot, Mick. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Dunshoklyn, Royal Gales, 13,000. Mondays at half eight. Dunmore Ashburn, 6,600. Sundays at eight o'clock. Core Towns, 8,900. Fridays at 10 p.m. Drabara, Every Monday night at 9 p.m. live on Drums TV, and this week's jackpot is two grand. Drum Condra's uh, six thousand four hundred, and I think it's just back. I think this Tuesday could be the first night of theirs resuming um, after a, a break. Um, you can play online at Smart Lotto on that one, um, and Manal ten grand on the bo- on the nose as well. Monday night—that's a popular night for these lotto's too, Mick. And the last one I have on my sheet is Summer Hill ten thousand as well every Friday night.
1: Very good. That's excellent. So that's all the ones that we got in this week. Um, Now, I know last week we had a lot of them and all the clubs uh, got in contact with us. But if your club hasn't got in contact with us to let us know what the jackpot is, make sure you get on to them and uh, tell them to uh, keep us updated because we want to keep our listeners updated on what the uh, um, jackpots are in each of the clubs. I'm just looking. We've just got one in from Dunsany there. I'm just looking at my emails um, we didn't win it, Davy. I'm just trying to see: did we even have a number? We didn't even have one number in that one, Davy. Um, and that one was uh, Club Force. the um, uh, are with Club Force managing member data, so uh, Club Force there. The the guys that are doing the Dunsany, actually they're doing quite a quite a few of the um, the uh, club lotos around the place. So, anyways, it was uh, just to let you know. I just, just I got the email there and then, so I may as well. S- check it and see if we won any money but we didn't Davey so we'll have to continue with the podcast we're not millionaires just yet so moving on and uh, the final part of the podcast this week is our Instagram interactive Davey um, uh, not as busy as the last couple of weeks on
0: Instagram <laughs> no thanks be to God uh, yeah. are probably saying, but last week it was just carnage wasn't it we had a we had the guts of an hour I think of Instagram interactive it's fair to say that it's definitely not going to emulate that again but we we do have a few in and The usual suspects, Mickey, as you can imagine, are contributing. And the first one is the real jelly, uh, your your club mate there in Simonstown, James O'Dwyer. And he's typically asking about his good friend uh, and and partner in crime, Peter Duffy. And he says, is he off to Turkey to get his hair done this Christmas, true or false? And I ran a poll on this on Instagram, Mickey, and it was unanimous. I think about 90% of the poll said that it is true and only 10% said it's false. Pete has denied the claims, but there's no smoke without fire.
1: Yeah, um, r- rumors aloof that uh, he's getting the hair and he's getting the teeth done when he's in um, uh, Turkey. So he's going to come back looking like Ken, the Barbie doll. So he is. Um, so that, that's just now a rumor. Um, he's quite a handsome young man as he is, um, but he wants to look a little bit more plastic. So fair play to him.
0: <laughs> Extra time sport, Robert Cox. He says watching the Mead ladies on Saturday was just like watching Brazil.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now you saw that one. I let you. I let you uh, talk about that one, David.
0: We? Yeah. Well, I suppose it, it probably did strike comparisons to the great Brazil teams over the years, and um, yeah, they were absolutely sensational. You know, some of the moves they put together and and the scores, um, they were really really well worked. Two or three of the goals were absolutely fantastic, and even a couple of the points they were like preempted or training ground moves, you know, that kind of way. So there was a lot of work done on them. Um, on the training ground clearly paying off and um, you know putting up a score like they did uh, isn't just a coincidence, doesn't happen overnight so absolutely fantastic and I think there was 10 scorers on the day Mickey as well, 9 from the start and 1 substitute Emma White coming on to contribute as well so that's a huge uh, array of scorers as well
1: Yeah absolutely brilliant uh, uh, wonderful performance by the ladies and we hope they can go on and do the same again in 3 weeks time in Crow Park and um, you know, I watched the, the it, I watched the Roscommon Westmead game and and that it was more of a dog fight than you know fabulous football. And it was two goals that saw um, uh, Westmead over the line. in that one they they didn't score as many times as Roscommon, but Roscommon but they did get the two goals and goals win games and they shut it out towards the end. Very sloppy towards the end as well. So if Mead are on their game, you know they'll definitely definitely give themselves a huge chance.
0: Absolutely. Next one up is from Sophie Healy, and she says, Mead Ladies playing better football than the lads. Can't argue with it. You no, Can't argue with proof it. Proof is in the pudding. No yeah. pun intended. <laughs> um, Zach Griffin says, surely it's Blackwater region this week. And I says, absolutely it is indeed. We've saved the best to last, Mickey Brennan.
1: Yeah, we have indeed on our Loyal Royals podcast this week. We have the Junior Team of the Year. We'll be naming that. We have the Mead Ladies Review and Reaction and uh, we have interviews with Eamon uh, Murray, Avian Cleary and Avian Leahy. Then we will be doing our Blackwater regional team, which consists of Carn Ross, Corton, Kilmainham, Dumbara and St. Dalton's. I left a big gap between Courtown and St. Dalton's because I didn't want them to be fighting with, with me there. Um, but yeah, so we've plenty on our, on, on our Loyal Royals podcast this week. We have that Blackwater regional team. We have the Mead Ladies Review. And of course, the other one not to miss out on is the Mead Junior Championship Team of the Year, so
0: um, do stay tuned for that one on our Loyal Royals. Next up is Peter Duffy himself getting in touch and wondering, is James O'Dwyer a teacher in Carlow?
1: Uh, I, I I haven't got a list of the teachers in uh, Carlow, um, so I can't say, but it's quite possible there could be a teacher named James O'Dwyer
0: down there. And is it the actual jelly, or is it a... a... A protagonist or a dud?
1: Well, that's it. You know what I mean. Like, is there is there a, a slim shady down there, a real slim shady? Yeah. Um, is is James O'Dwyer the real James O'Dwyer? Like, is he the
0: real jelly? Like, at all? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Simon Finn uh, trying to stir the pot between the Balnabrackie and Trim uh, ultras again. With imagine taking the Trim job, you'd have to be desperate.
1: Yeah, that came in last week as well. Um, so they're continuing on with that one. That would be fair. Trim are buttoned
0: back, really, Mick? Are they?
1: No, they're not. They're not. And and in fairness, I saw Fergal Lynch uh, did a great interview for Trim GAA TV um, with Kevin Riley, the new manager, um, during the week. And uh, yeah, both spoke very well. And, and I can see Trim, you know, have the bit between their teeth already. And uh, that's without the band of Bracky lads, lads antagonising them.
0: Absolutely. Last one, uh, as I said, it is short this week, Tom Stanley, uh, uh, saying Owen Griffin having a quiet Saturday night. That's probably after missing out on the the Darnley team, maybe he's just maybe in mourning still that Sean Brennan took his number one jersey. I'd say he was probably in shock, a bit like myself last Saturday night. I was in shock
1: after the meet dublin game and then obviously after he heard uh, that he wasn't in goals for the regional team last week that you know, maybe he he was the same as me. He just went into complete shock, sat down, stayed in and didn't do anything, you know, just tried to take it in. That that Darnley team obviously meant a lot to him.
0: Yeah, it sure did. And that, as I said, is is all from a pretty short and probably the shortest Instagram interactive we maybe ever had, Mick. Yeah, I think,
1: I think it's indicative of the week we've had. Um, I suppose a lot of people in me would work uh, in Dublin and would have to listen to uh, the slack that we've had to take all week. So I suppose a lot of people are taking a week off the GEA maybe, but look, there is light at the end of the tunnel and we do have the ladies team going to an All-Ireland final in three weeks' time and we will get behind them and we will get our flags out and we will flag them, fly the Mead flag for the Mead ladies and uh, get behind them for their All-Ireland clash with Westmead.
0: Absolutely, and it'll be a great run-up to Christmas. Um, As you said earlier, Mickey, you know, the 20th of December, it's just, it's remarkable. It's the day after the All-Ireland football final for the lads. So um, always a good day out. Obviously, it's not going to be with a crowd this year and everything like that, but wouldn't it be brilliant Uh, and a great early Christmas present for everyone in the Royal County to bag that Intermediate Championship? Yeah, 100% um, defo. Um, And yeah, we just want to wish
1: Eamon and all the girls the very best luck in three weeks' time um we have loads coming up as we said on our loyal royals podcast even this week we will have our intermediate uh, championship uh, team of the year and we will have our senior championship team of the year as well coming up in the next few weeks we also will be doing uh, our awards night and we'll stay tuned for them we have a name for them and everything so we do and we also will be over christmas we will be doing the We Are Me Loyal Royals table quiz um, and it will be to all our patrons on our Loyal Royals uh, podcast on Patreon and uh, we will have a nice prize that we're going to put together for that for the winning team first, second and third third maybe and um, we'll see what we can get and see what we have what prizes we'll have for that but again that'll be um, available to all our Loyal Royal listeners and we'll be sending out the link to them over the Christmas we'll keep you all informed about that but uh,
0: myself and Davy have loads of work to get done on that one Davy, don't we absolutely tons Mick but we have plenty between now and Christmas to keep us occupied as well yeah absolutely so that's
1: it from We Are Mead for this week We Are Me why it matters more